We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The voice for LGBTQ plus youth and music only on sin. This is Loud and Queer. queer, queer. Welcome to Loud and Queer, the voice of queer youth and music on sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I'm bisexual, and I'm coming to you on Boonarong land, and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hey everyone, my name is Sammy, I am asexual, my pronouns are they, them, I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri country in the Kula Nation, and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. And my name's Laura, my pronouns are they, them, I'm non-binary and queer, and I'm coming to you from Wamba Wamba and Prepa Prepa land, and I'd like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and we on Loud and Queer would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands, past, present, and future. If you want to get in contact with us after the show, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud, that's at S-Y-N Loud, or Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can listen to this show again or previous shows we've done in podcast form on our Omni or uh, just by searching for Loud and Queer. You can also find that on the major podcast providers also searching for Loud and Queer. And if you're listening to this in podcast form already, you can tune in live on 90.7 FM uh, or sin.org.au Sundays at 3 p.m. Coming up on the show, we're going to have our regular LGBTQ plus news whip. We're also going to hear an interview Sammy did with community advisor for Gallery 17, Kabir Singh. And after that, we'll have Froth or Not. Um, we're just going to jump into our news whip now. Um, just a bit of a content warning. Just one of these stories has a mention of conversion therapy. Today, Little Nas X announced his debut album will drop on September 17th. In the announcement on Instagram, the singer appeared in a pregnancy shoot wearing a flower crown and a white gown and holding a bouquet. His profile showed a photoshopped pregnant belly to represent the album he is birthing for fans in just two weeks. The post reads, surprise, I can't believe I'm finally announcing this. My little bundle of joy Montero is due September 17th, 2021. Congratulations from us. Chatting to people, Little Nas X said that he came up with the idea to do the shoot after listening to Megan Thee Stallion's verse on his upcoming song Dollar Sign Slime for the first time. He followed up the photos with a tweeted sonogram showing the album cover art inside a womb. There's another content warning. This story brings reference to conversion therapy. From then, from them US, a federal judge has rejected a Christian therapist's attempt to overturn Washington State's conversion therapy ban in a major victory for LGBTQ plus youth. In a Monday ruling, Judge Robert J. Bryan of the U.S. District Court for the Western District of Washington rejected claims from marriage and family therapist Brian Tingley, alleging that the state's convention therapy ban is unconstitutional. Brian cited evidence that his 18-page ruling showing that efforts to change the sexual orientation of gender identity of LGBTQ plus youth inflicts emotional, mental and physical harm. Tingley, who filed a lawsuit in May, is represented by the Alliance Defending Freedom, or ADF, a far-right anti-LGBTQ plus legal organisation designated by the Southern Poverty Law Centre as a hate group. In the lawsuit, ADF referred to Washington's conversion therapy ban as a counselling censorship law and accused the state of attempting to insert itself into the privacy of plaintiff's counselling room and censor his discussion and exploration of certain ideas with his young clients. If that story caused you any distress or concern, please call Lifeline at 131114, QLife at 1800 184527, or Kids Helpline at 1800 
And in other news, Loud and Queer host Elizabeth Bush was announced as a nominee of the Sin Awards for the category of Best Individual Presenter of the Year this afternoon. The Sin Awards was scheduled for 16 September, however they've been pushed back due to COVID. Elizabeth has been with us through all three seasons of the show this year, along with production on The Leak on 1700. Liz has been with Sin since April 2018. Congratulations on your nomination, Liz. Wait, I was what? Yeah. You were nominated. You were nominated. I haven't seen this, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I did not know about this, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> Congrats. Thank you. New news. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you'd seen, so I thought I'd keep it a surprise. Yeah, thank you. I mean, heard this before. Oh, my God. Anyway, um, closer to the date, we'll announce um, when the Sin Awards are actually being held, but for now, um, you deserve it, and we wish you the best of luck with your nomination. Um, you. That was our LGBTQ plus news. Want more Loud and Queer? Follow our socials at SinLoud on Instagram and Twitter. Um, earlier this week, Sammy sat down with Community Advisor for Gallery 17 Kabir to discuss their creative pursuits. Also, I want to say before we jump into this interview really quickly as well, apologies for the tram sounds that come in now and again. That's just uh, how it goes recording in lockdown sometimes. And yeah, big thank you to Kabir for coming on to the show and I hope you enjoy this interview. Enshrined is an upcoming arts festival hosted by Gallery 17 on Boomerang Country and planned to span 10 days and nights of November. The festival is curated and developed entirely by local South Asian artists in so-called Australia, aiming to celebrate South Asian peoplehood, making space for the power of individual perspectives and unfiltered expression. Joining us now on Loud and Queer is Kabir Singh, community advisor at Gallery 17 and one such creative Enshrined festival. Kabir, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. Uh, so yeah, Kavir, do you want to tell us a bit about Gallery 17, how you came to be involved with it and uh, how, how it's been as community advisor there? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. So Gallery 17 is an independent gallery run by around like six or seven, maybe I think like eight, seven or eight of us in total. So I don't know the exact number um, who make up the collective. And basically what we are is we run on Boon land. Um, in St Kilda and we're just really about making space for emerging artists and I guess artists that maybe wouldn't typically have the access or or I guess the the background maybe that is is kind of necessary a lot of the time when it comes to the kind of art world that is more in the mainstream I guess and is more has that kind of gatekeepy attitude in terms of who gets featured and I guess all the politics that comes along with that. We really just want to make it about the art and about the intention and the voice behind what people want to say and not necessarily about, you know, do they have the credentials or the blah, 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 blah. And it's just, we just don't really believe that that's necessary in, I guess, art. I just, just don't really think it has a place. Yeah, no, it's a really cool, like little gallery uh, space. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. It can be very like those spaces can be very gatekept. So it's very cool. It's like a, a fairly neutral, uh, small space, but like that neutrality lets people kind of like turn it into their own. Yeah, 100%. We're really just about as well, like community, bringing people together. And yeah, we're super, super privileged to be able to do what we do and run out of the beautiful space that we do on such beautiful country. 
Um, and yeah, we just really want to bring people together and celebrate art and hold space for voices that just aren't aren't heard or seen enough, I guess. Yeah, awesome. So I guess that brings us to talking about uh, Enshrined Festival. You're currently fundraising for it on Chuffed. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So Enshrined is kind of my little thought baby. Like I'm a little bit new to the arts and creative world like I did a degree that has nothing to do with what I'm doing now and it was in like science or whatever and I kind of just realized that wasn't the path for me um and so I started going down more of a creative track and I'd always been interested in the arts but specifically for me something that I really really love and I really loved like I guess identify with is art that speaks to a cultural perspective and for me that came a lot to do with um my culture as a Punjabi um, artist and human being, and also how that ties into gender in terms of like, I identify as non-binary, um, I use they, she, and he pronouns. Um, and I just really love being able to, I don't know, kind of uh, ties in different aspects of identity. Anyway, that's just for what I like to make, but obviously the art I like to consume comes in all different forms and doesn't have to just be about one single culture but yeah but the something that I kind of found that I don't super love about the art world is I think it's really centered around European ideals of what art should be and I think that really and you know obviously this isn't like there's obviously always going to be exceptions but I just think on the whole I just think too much of an emphasis is put on those kind of ideals of what art should be and then by extension of that even in like terms of um, like, you know, studying art, like even then I feel like it's taken another step further in terms of like it have to, having to be on that framework of like European art. And it's just like, there's just so many other different ways of telling stories. And like we're on land that has been occupied by creative peoples for generations and generations and generations, like thousands like time ad infinitum you know like do you really think like they needed like european constraints of art to make art like no that's just it's just such it's just it's ridiculous um and yeah i just kind of feel like there's not enough space to celebrate um art that i guess is just coming from a perspective that is wholly not centered around these like european ideals and specifically for me as well being in saint kilda i think there's a lot of really beautiful things about St. Kilda, but there's some things that I'm not a really big fan of, and I guess mm. one of them being is that it's a very, very easy place to come across, like, South Asian culture in terms of, like, you know, the store, like, Chakra, which everyone loves to call Chakra from some reason, but I don't know why. Um, and it's just, like, that very... I The reason why I don't, like, in, the reason why I don't love it is because I feel like it takes cultural motifs and ideas, I guess, from, like, a lot of like like South Asian cultures, but it really just deletes the, I guess, cultural knowledge and the cultural intention behind that. And in doing that kind of deletes the, cult- the people whose culture it is from the narratives, i.e. like South Asians in this example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it just makes me a bit uncomfortable. So I was like, I just want to bring in more <laughs> brown people to this space. Um, and I'd love to in the future for extended to not just be South Asian and just kind of, culturally and linguistically diverse people on the whole but um yeah for this specific example I kind of wanted to make it for South Asians so yeah Enshrined is a festival that is comprised in its entirety 
by South Asian artists. And what I mean by festival is it's going to have like a couple different components. It's going to be an art exhibition that is going to be adorning the beautiful Gallery 17 space. So yeah, there'll be like different visual artists. Uh, we've got some really, really exciting stuff planned. And like even just in the visual component, like a very diverse array of South Asians, because we are definitely not a monolith. We have so much diversity within us, which is kind of what I want to show as well. And just... Mm. It's like something very common for like someone who like I am South Asian, but I am um, Indian and people always be like, you know, what do you speak Indian? And I'm like, babe, we have 400 different languages. <laughs> like we are so diverse and I feel like that doesn't get shown enough. And I guess this is kind of what this festival is about. So yeah, we'll have this amazing, um, super cool, very diverse in terms of mediums and people visual exhibition. And then we're going to have an opening and closing event with like live music and potentially dancers. They're still working out, finalizing some last details. Um, but on the closing, we're also having a performance piece um, that's going to be very queer and very South Asian. And got, I'm actually producing that with a really, really, really wonderful team that I'm super, super excited to share with the world still in production but i have a really good feeling about it just i feel like you can't go wrong when you're combining the talents of people who i guess are really talented in like different mediums like i just really believe in the value of collaboration and yeah i'm very excited um oh yeah and then there'll also be a workshop that is generously being funded by transgender victoria that is going to be specifically for trans poc youth and in that, we're going to just finalize a few details, but going to have a mindfulness component. Um, and then also I'm thinking I want to have make it like a, a bit of a cooking class and have, and because that specifically as well will not just be South Asian or be POC will be in, will be able to join. Um, and yeah, I want to have a cooking class component because I feel like for POC and culturally linguistically diverse people, um, and black people like food is really a part of culture and how we connect and how we especially when it's like a lot of us don't have connections with like say language and um for various reasons um that kind of aspect of culture so i feel like food is something that is really really just like a way that a lot of us who don't have like super super big connections really do connect and i would love to be able to like facilitate the sharing of that and also like our queer and trans youth need to know how to cook because that is a really important skill that I feel like a lot of us realize too late especially when we move out that like will save you a lot of money in the long run if you, if you know how to do yeah for sure um, but yeah that's enshrined I'd be keen to ask um obviously it's not like it really just depends on how much you can fundraise and then like lockdown COVID situation come November but um is there any other like artists or performers that uh definitely involved that you can like speak on that you're excited to be involved yeah so the curator of the visual component is Rashan Ramesh and they are at Ramashan on Instagram and they are just incredibly incredibly talented like I remember talking to a few people before I had done this and I was just deciding on who I wanted to be like the curator because I personally was just like I'm not going to take on that responsibility because as I've come to learn uh, event production really is it's a lot <laughs> especially in the times of covid like it just makes everything 10 times harder and yeah we are scheduled to be in november but potentially subject to change because of um all of the other um festivals and events and stuff in the schedule before enshrined potentially might have to come before but then it might say the same but it's like who even knows but yeah Rashan Ramesh is incredible and i was just looking at their work and i just really 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 love the intention behind what they do. Like they just, 
for something as me with like the art that I'm kind of trying to produce and just myself, my own personal practice, like I really love how they incorporate their own Tamil culture and, you know, as well as they're, you know, having grown up in the West. Um, but like they fuse it in this really beautiful way. They do a lot of like illustration and uh, graphic design, which is again, something I'm super interested in. I just, yeah, every time they post something, I am really blown away and definitely want to watch if you're not already because they are super talented and I can't tell you all the artists that are, that they've chosen, but I've had a look through them and oh my God, I was just blown away truly. Like this is going to be an incredible array of artists and I'm so excited. And also Rashan is um, featuring this stuff, which will be very exciting. Um, and yeah, something else to note, uh, one of our media sponsors will be South Asian Today, a really, really cool independently run online journal run by my friend Dilpreet Thakur. And yeah, it's basically just a online journal written by and for um, South Asian women and gender diverse and non-binary people uh, who, are, who live in so-called Australia, but reporting on kind of pan-South Asian like stuff like caste um issues like racism and like casteism in the diaspora like to lighter things but also like Jilpreet's really amazing covering like some really important stuff and I just wouldn't even realize I wouldn't know half of the things that I do now if it wasn't for this media journal and would highly recommend checking them out they're at South Asian today um but yeah, super fortunate to have them as a little media sponsor. So just thought I'd give a little shout out and there'll be some cool merch. Um, oh my God, the merch is going to be like amazing. I'm so excited already. We're going to have South Asian today. We're also going to have More Than Melanin Zine run by my talented, talented friend Kanika Chopra. Definitely worth checking out on Instagram as well at More Than Melanin. Just, yeah, a really celebration of just like POC voices um, just done in a really tasteful and really beautiful way. And they are tote bags are really beautiful and I'm really trying to have the sell them at a, um, in a little merch doll but I have a feeling it's going to be quite quite an exciting merch doll so bring your dollars if you have them <laughs> but yeah obviously no pressure <laughs> yeah but I guess this is a good point to uh, move into talking about the chuffed fundraising yeah speaking of bringing the dollars along yeah how has it been going fundraising on chuffed so far so it's definitely early days yeah fortunate enough to get that grant from transit to victoria but that is only for the um what's it called the the workshop club portion of the show which is yeah awesome to have but mm. really to to really have this festival come to life at its full fruition and make sure everyone's really being paid what they need to be paid uh, yeah, we're doing a fundraiser. I've been a little bit stagnant with it in the last couple of weeks because we've just been into lockdown and the world is just in chaos and I feel horrible asking people for money, especially when I feel like there are a lot of, I guess, more pressing causes. But yeah, if you have already paid the rent and you've already donated to important COVID relief uh, all over the world and, places, and also like, you know, important places like supporting people of Afghanistan and what a capacity that is possible and you just have some extra dollars left over and you'd love to support the arts um we would I would really appreciate um your donation we also have some fun prizes that we'll be raffling off um so yeah check out the chuffed um it's all linked in um our enshrined instagram which is at enshrined festival and yeah so just some really exciting stuff on there and yeah i'm going to be posting some more promo in the next couple of weeks so stay tuned we've got announcing all the people involved gonna be very super exciting um but yeah if you do have a little bit of disposable income left over we'd really appreciate it and hey if you consume yoga or 
Ayurveda or whatever, but it's from white people, then you owe us money. There, I said it. <laughs> yeah, I was I was about to say, look, if you're a if you're a white person listening and you like, you know, are still spending money this lockdown at your local white owned cafe buying chai lattes, it's like you probably do have some funds <laughs> you could uh, reavert. <laughs> exactly, and even if it's like you don't want to support the arts, maybe you want to support a South Asian cause. Please, I would implore you to do that. Like. Not and I'm yeah. It's not just about like this festival. As much as I'd appreciate you like supporting this festival, but yeah, like it, just like on an important note, like if you're consuming people's culture and you're not, and the money is not going, and the same goes to like you know, like black culture and, and like people you like pretending that they're someone they're not trying to use AAVE, trying to steal hairstyles, trying to think like obviously that is just like just don't do that. Mm. But um, I don't know. I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're consuming people's culture and the money isn't going towards them, I'd say rethink your consumption of that culture and also donate some money to the people whose culture it is in whatever way. Maybe that's donating online. Maybe that's finding musicians or artists or designers that actually belong to the culture who you're consuming and switching it over and making sure your money is going to the right causes. Um, Yeah, there's a million different ways you can do that and support people without, you know, consuming culture that's not theirs to consume you know and I guess that's kind of a little bit of why I'm doing Enshrine because I just feel like especially in terms of I guess if we're talking about like yoga and the wellness industry I was looking at stats online and it's really interesting like how much money is made by these people and how much of it is primarily being made by white people and it's like no if you know like that is not like capitalism is ridiculous in the first place yeah but if someone's going to be making money of culture it shouldn't be the colonizers because at the end of the day in my eyes that's just neo-colonialism yeah exactly and it's like it it, it highlights why um something like enshrined is like so worth supporting as well because it is like if that if there isn't that kind of like representation of south asian culture from south asian artists uh, in the community, it is just going to be appropriated and replicated by people with the the privileges to just like establish something like that without any kind of like fundraising or uh, like development like you have been doing. So exactly, yeah, it's definitely yeah. something to get behind. And yeah, definitely, you know, there's lots of lots of causes going on, lots of mutual aid projects people uh, are needing funds for, but definitely. If you're someone that enjoys uh, like South Asian culture and a lot of in like reflecting on that, you realize a lot of that like that you consume isn't actually from South Asian people, then this is like a great place to to start and check out these uh check out the chuffed and check out all the great raffle prize items and the festival in general. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I guess one last thing I wanted to add about Enshrined is that we're kind of trying to angle it through very much being a celebration of South Asian people. So what that kind of means as well is it's kind of, I guess I intend for it to be like broadening people's perspectives in that when we're talking about South Asian culture, it doesn't even have to be like directly related to something that might be traditionally considered South Asian. Like a lot of things that people think Hinduism or they think like, I don't know, elephants and tigers and blah, 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 blah. Like sure, that is an element of what makes up, you know, South south asia i guess in a traditional sense but like you know in a post quote-unquote post-colonial world like we could like you know our culture isn't stagnant it adapts and it changes and sometimes it gets for we get forcefully imposed by western you know powers and stuff but like we reclaim that and we make that our own and that's just as much ours as you know what traditionally 
is seen as South Asian culture. And so like when you're coming to the show as well, I, something that I hope you'll notice is that it's not all going to be like lotus flowers everywhere. And like, yeah, sure, there's an element of that. And I, I really love that. But it's really about showing that who we are as people is so diverse and comes from, you know, us growing up in the diaspora. Like it does like the way like we are intrinsically sharing our culture when or like our and our identities when we share art even if it doesn't include motifs that might think is like you might think is south asian or whatever like that just because it doesn't have that like motif or traditional connection that you might think of when you think of like india or sri lanka or pakistan or bangladesh like you know it doesn't mean that it's not our culture and that's not us and because we can be so many different things um and you know that and still have that be true to who we are and that doesn't change our south asian-ness i guess if that makes sense yeah for sure yeah that's a it's a great point to make and uh i think we should probably wrap up the interview now but thank you so much for coming onto the show and uh where where can listeners go to find out more info about enshrined like the social media page and where can they find the uh the chuffed yeah sure head to at enshrined festival on instagram to check us out e-n-s-h-r-i-n-e-d festival um and yeah please check out the link and donate if you can we'd really appreciate it um and check out the raffle prizes because there's some really cool stuff going um yeah thank you for listening nice thank you so much for joining us on loud and queer oh thank you my pleasure to be here uh welcome back to loud and queer you just heard kabir talking about creative pursuits with sammy thanks for joining us kabir are we jumping into froth or not now yeah just keeping it relaxed today um yeah this week's probably been weird for us all i think we're all in lockdown we're all probably a bit bored but also i think we're all quite busy is that right a bit of both yeah, yeah honestly <laughs> yeah definitely a bit busy i mean for me this is, this has been my uni break so it's been a nice busy because i'm not mm. working on like projects and actually like doing some actual work and fun stuff yeah what's been like the fun projects you've been able to do yeah i well i can't like I'm trying not trying to talk about it without like just like giving it away because mm-hmm. it, it is not my writing. But uh, here's like a tiny bit of the soundscape, I guess. I've been watching um, X-Files lately. It's giving me big space and alien vibes. I like it. Yeah, it does have that vibe. Yeah, it's, it's been really fun to make. It's fun to make, fun mm. to like kill a week, uh, just like putting all my free time into doing that. Yeah, as someone that like did choir and stuff like that, I'm always a sucker for a good ethereal sort of mm. sounding soundtrack. It's always, I'm always a sucker for it. Me too, actually, especially with music just generally I really enjoy like ethereal sounding um electronic music well it's like uh also I think Wendy Carlos is who I'm thinking of uh like trend trans icon uh that was like involved with like uh Moog synthesizers I think yeah Wendy Carlos um she did like the soundtrack for like uh uh the score for The Shining and Clockwork Orange and like uh those have like um choir kind of like 
composing with synthesized voices, which is like, yeah, mm. big, like, oh, I love that sound so much of just like very traditional kind of um, writing a music structure using like synthesizers, which at the time people found like extremely terrifying even. Mm. No way. Yeah, I think that's just really cool. I'm excited to hear more of it eventually when it's all yeah. ready, I guess. Yeah, who knows when that will be. <laughs> uh, I love it. And I've been like actually dreaming about moogs lately. Like I follow this person on Instagram who just does like cute videos with their moog and I'm like, boy, I wish I had two grand to spare. <laughs> don't we all wish we had that, let's be honest. <laughs> yep. Yeah, mm. I don't have a physical synthesizer yet. What do you just, use? Uh, I use like a MIDI keyboard and then um, just have like digital synths, uh, which, mm. yeah, is cheaper. Cool. Yeah, I've been trying to like download one of the free ones to my laptop this week. That's actually probably my not is just that I'm having such a hard time with the software and it's driving me nuts because I'm like, I'm so close. <laughs> and then I like stuff something up or don't understand how to install it and I'm like, yeah, I don't have the patience for that kind of fiddly oh, stuff. I so I just like throw attention quite quickly. Doors, especially. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 fair. Um, something I've been frothing though is the um, Liz. You'll love this. I started watching Loki, <laughs> so now oh. I can join the discourse for real. But um, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't. To it just sort of like happened because I was sort of like oh, I want to watch something actiony and stupid, but at the same time I don't want to like uh, get into anything like too annoying, and also things need to be a little bit queer to like pique my interest. So um, <laughs> I started watching that, and I love the aesthetic of it. I really like the aesthetic. It feels weird having like a cool indie aesthetic and then like high quality like Disney money production I know right? um, so that was weird but I love all the little <laughs> gadgets they've got and then like um this sound design the sound design in that oh, show wow. it's very cool I had a lot of fun listening to yeah it. the main soundtrack like the like the what would you call it like this I wouldn't say theme song but like the titular song that's played for it and everything mm. god I love it it's so good it's so it's got such a it's got such that like that, but like slightly eerie mm. vibe to it, which I love. I love something like I love the slightly eerie vibe. It, yeah, it's it. very um. So it makes me. I happy. can't remember her name right now, but it's done by a violinist. Um, and she's like the violin is really. Um, I'm really bad at describing music. I should be better at it. Um, <laughs> it's you know very classical, obviously, and then mixed with some very like. Uh, 90s kind of synth 80s 90s like synth soundtracks it's like mm. I really enjoy it I really enjoy the mix um and that paired with like the very 70s 80s sort of like set design really fun yeah the aesthetic is oh the aesthetic mm. hits all yeah. the right spots mm. yeah <laughs> nice it's cool to hear that the sound design is good in that show because I feel like Marvel across the board mm. is pretty like get the job done with their sound design. Like considering mm. it's like about comic book, like it's a comic book universe mm. with like superheroes and space stuff going on and go like gods and whatever. It's very yeah, it's it's pretty like straightforward yeah. sound design for the most part. And like even the even the music in those films is like very 
basic film score up until like James Gunn mm. started using just like licensed music. Um, and then it's like a mix. It's, I felt like I, I don't watch, I don't like keep up with all the Marvel movies. Um, and I usually don't watch them in cinemas. So it's like, maybe I would have a different. No, you're pretty, could hear you're pretty speakers, like it's intended. But yeah, no, yeah, 100%. I, feel, I felt it's always been, it's always been pretty lacking. It's like that. The, they never really focus on like the those added film elements like the sound design's never too good and then obviously uh the big thing is like their color grading mm. for ages was just like horrendous mm. like they just didn't they just didn't color grade their movies mm. uh stylistically to to make right. them like cheap and uniform yeah the difference between like some of the like Go- going back and see the difference in like some of the more current ones and then seeing the color grading in the older ones like it's so cool yeah. the, the stark difference oh. I think it was literally until James Gunn, uh, they were just like desaturating them all, so they just look the same. But it's like, yeah, we can't. Well, we won't pay a pot color greatest. <laughs> like, like screw that whole industry. We'll just uh, desaturate all their money, and they won't pay someone to do. I color. mean, it's fair. While it started off, I think the first episode it didn't really grab me. It was like, oh, this is more of the same, like um quippy humor that doesn't really like get you involved with the characters or make you like care about them um which I found just a little bit like it makes things feel shallow um because that's how it felt in Avengers I know it's yeah. an action movie but mm. yeah that's just my like gripe with it um and but then you like get the relationship between Owen Wilson's character and um and Tom yes and it's like it's a lot of fun it's like very it's silly but it's a lot more um like emotional I guess um and things aren't so like predictable like some of it it still is it's still very Marvel but it's yeah it's less predictable and I think it's also just like having more creative license as a series um, and then that was the thing, though, is that the the like chemistry between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson was like too good, and then the relationship between the two Lokis like kind of lost me actually. Mm. So I was like, this isn't as interesting. <laughs> like, it's just the same. It's one person talking to another person that is the same. The same, but also a woman, which like Marvel have never been super great. Like, mm. like the 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 relationships between men in Marvel stuff is like always a lot better. <laughs> like, yeah, just, oh yeah, that's a good they're point. They're just kind of duty writers. Yeah, yeah. Like I enjoy, I enjoy the Marvel. Like I enjoy the, like all the Marvel stuff, but I would, I will never forgive them for the treatment of Black Widow. Never forgive them. Well, Scarlett Johansson has not either. It's a yeah, you know, <laughs> Blame we could technically get a contempt of court like warning for talking about that too much. I guess, <laughs> like it, yeah, I love that though. That like I don't, I don't, I, I, I love um legal battles between giant film industries and like people with lots of money. It's just like so funny to me. Mm. Um, Disney, Disney get themselves in it so much. Like they also are. Like they're they're in a constant legal dance with Sony over like Spider Man and it's um mm. yeah it's just so funny how it plays out also publicly and it's like the public is just like fully uh like involved with one side or the other when it's like none of this actually affects us it's just like entertainment yeah yeah I haven't actually seen Black Widow and have not been very up to date with it um but the 
I think it was the time when Scarlett Johansson was like, yeah, you know, I'm finally breaking my silence on how women are affected in this industry. And I was like, at this point, I don't want to hear it because, <laughs> I mean, firstly, the role she's taken, uh, we all know the the issue there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just like very, um, like obviously lazy feminism. But if you two have followed it more closely, I would like to hear what you think as well. I mean, like the, like it's there's no it's no secret that a lot of like the Marvel stuff has always had like rather lazy feminism in a lot of our areas. Like, mm. oh no, I mean like Scarlett Johansson finally like talking out on it. I think that's lazy considering how powerful oh, yeah, she yeah. is. Like, it's yeah, she's oh, yeah. she's a rich, powerful actor who's been uh, taking roles from people, like taking opportunities and roles from other people, mm. arguably mm. for a long time. Mm. So it's like, yeah. Uh, you're part what, of the problem kind of and also like he, she can she can fucking stick up for herself like yeah. it's that's what i was saying before it's like it's these big film industries and powerful people within that industry yeah. fighting over money for themselves like it doesn't <laughs> yeah it's not her that case isn't gonna be like a landmark case that affects like how women are treated no. in the, the film industry it's just gonna like either scarlett johansson get some money from disney or not in my opinion yeah and yeah, i don't no, want to sound that's completely like, true um I don't want to sound like a tabloid <laughs> magazine or anything, but like, like finally being a feminist when your movie comes out about your kind of character that's associated with you, that to me is also just like marketing yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I guess this is like in the context of like queer hosts given Scarlett Johansson uh, yeah. wanting to play trans people as a cis woman mm. and whatnot. Like it's a, yeah, there's a, there's, there's an added history there, I guess, with our, our opinions on her. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my, my hot take for the week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fair. It's completely fair. And I agree with it, honestly. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, I think it's like, um, Marvel like because Marvel have to stick to this whole uh franchising like continuity mm. they it's like they're not reactive films which is like you know film like art is meant to be reactive to how mm. the world changes and so it's like uh you know they they had their first superhero movie with like a black star in 2018 or 19 uh which is like way too late but it's like there was a part of the plan <laughs> that they, they can't change the plan yeah exactly um yeah yeah even though now they've they've had to adjust with COVID and uh, and uh, yeah. people and just like you know actors passing away outside of their control, mm. but um, I'm sure if they could get away with it and like if the ethical uh, argument wasn't there, they would be recreating like Chadwick Boseman in CGI for the new Black Panther. <laughs> like they've done it, they've done it with older actors. Mm. So yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, they would. Yeah, they wouldn't put it past them. But I, I think even they know that if they tried that, like. Ooh, there would yeah. be some backlash from that, and I, oof, God. Yeah, it's it's like Chadwick Boseman is um uh like a beloved person outside of like um his role as like T'Challa, so mm. it's yeah. yeah. Well, even then, like that was like like being one of like the no being like the first the first black superhero, like that was so like that was inspirational for so many like younger kids. Like again, like I always try and preach when it, like it's mainly with queer rep but it's also the same with like like co- like colored rep just like representation is so important for for the younger generation to see and mm-hmm. to see how we exist we're not all just 
straight white cis men for sure there was um something interesting i felt with loki though was that they have got a couple of african-american i think they're african-american they've got a couple of black characters um and then they've got like and and they have different roles one of them's like kind of a soldier for like the time I don't know how to explain it. The time keepers or whatever. And then the other one's a judge, like mm. a um yeah, like a judicial figure in this in this world. Um and then you're like, okay, cool, two different kinds of people. I mean they're both in like law yeah, enforcement, yeah. so not uh, that different, but like they d- they have distinct personalities and stuff. But then like one of the first people of colour you're introduced to in the show is like a guy who is like the desk guy and like um he's just a sort of hispanic trope in terms of like the job he's doing um and i i was like that's kind of disappointing because yeah it's like that tokenistic feeling that disney always gives you so that's yeah i took away well it's like yeah because they don't have to be like reactive to like demands and pressure they they can they're still like doing tokenistic diversity mm. while other yeah. studios and, and filmmakers are pushing for like more authentic stuff now or like actually mm. changing the industry and like what's going on behind the camera a bit more yeah like one thing like, i'm rather disappointed when it comes to like a lot of the marketing when it comes right now is that like every like marvel's really hyping on how like like at the end of this year like you know the new spider-man is going to be coming out completely ignoring the fact that like this month pretty much like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the, of the Ten Rings is coming out which is like so important like you know having like Asian actors front and center like and having again like I can't say much about it because I don't know how authentic the representation will be and everything but it looks really good and I'm excited for it and there's just like nowhere near as much marketing for it as there should be and that that, that has yeah, been for right. other movies. I hadn't heard of that. But hey hopefully it's very good. Yeah hopefully like we need that's more marketing. I really hope it does. Mm. <laughs> um, anyway, we know all the faults of Disney. Uh, <laughs> have oh, you we, been we've got frothing that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> have you been frothing anything this week, Liz? Uh, well, again, like there's not not too much to do. Like I'm at this point where like I'm not even listening to the press conferences. I'm just kind of in a state of like we're in perpetual lockdown until said until told otherwise. Um, but. Like, I started doing a paint-by-numbers kit, which is nice. They're, I always love paint-by-numbers stuff. It, I find them very calming. Sweet. Hmm. Very cool. Um, yeah, I used to, like, do a lot of colouring books and stuff, and that was, like, super calming for my anxieties. Um, Ooh, true. Where are you coming from? Yeah, but note to everyone, if you're ever feeling very stressed out, get a colouring book or, like, a paint-by-numbers kit, just... Do something like that, and it's a very good way of helping keeping your mind off stuff. It's just something you can really mm. focus on in the moment, which is always very nice. It's not for everyone, but it's it's a good thing to try. I feel like, yeah, if you're someone who, um, I guess, struggles to, like, stop thinking about negative things, at least for me, that's been a really good, like, way to take my mind off it because I'm like, I have to get this perfect, like, little point and not color outside the lines and I have to like mm-hmm. um like pick my colors properly to match the pattern and everything so like I stop thinking about like 
self-criticism and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and then like you get cool art out of it. Like Liz has some pretty sick art on her walls. Yeah, it's, I think, like, the one thing that is, though, which is always funny, it's always a funny conversation starter when, like, on Zooms and everything, because every so often mm-hmm. they'll just be like, oh, my God, did you paint that? And I have to be like, yes and no. Like, yeah, I, I painted it, but it's not it's not my design. It, it's a paint-by-numbers kit. Mm, yeah. No, that's okay, though. Like, people will still be super impressed by it. Yeah, it's funny. It's still funny though. I just have to be, it's just this awkward like confusion of being just like, no, no, I'm not that talented. <laughs> Could see someone like um like Damien Hurst uh just like framing a bunch of paint by numbers uh like stuff that he's done and then put it using that as like a ready ready as art exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, why can I see that too? Be, be like the the very privileged cis white art men of this world and just take credit for things you didn't really <laughs> got to put my got to get like put my signature on there really like really obviously covering up any other signatures being like yes this is mine it's mine did it myself <laughs> compliment me yep what else what else is going on oh should i talk about smash um yeah i feel like we're running yeah, out of ahead. time but mm-hmm. i could mention that really quickly yeah, well, I feel like off the back of our conversation about like creative pursuits last week during lockdown, I, like that night uh, after we recorded, I went to a great virtual party uh, hosted by some of my friends who do drag, uh, and it was called Club Smash, and it was yeah this like really cool drag show that they did over Zoom, and I know it doesn't sound very exciting that like an event over Zoom like this, but uh, the, just the way they organized it was really cool. Um, they had kind of like an avid moderator who was uh, running things really well and they kind of like were encouraging people to like dress up and put on cameras and stuff and then they had a soji gang DJing for people and were throwing like highlighting people that were like in good outfits or like like doing good moves and stuff so it like felt very like even though there was like almost 100 people in the, the zoom conference it was like um, people still got a chance to like kind of like have their moment in the club like which is you know a big part of like queer queer club stuff in general it's just like everyone should have a moment where they can they mm. can like feel a bit special like like just gas each other up I guess um, yeah and then it was uh, in between it was a performance from the House of Error and Motherless Collective doing a mix of like screening uh, videos that they had pre-made and doing some like live performances uh just on zoom so yeah shout out to cerulean saint eve my money sindel misery brook giddy stone genitals and of course soju gang the icons um yeah it was just such a fun night and i think if you if you search for a brook khaki and misery's videos on youtube like misery drag brook khaki drag um i think there's one like unlisted so they're just oh, so cool. watch, everyone's so watch those now. and i love i love queer people just like doing the like highly produced like shows for their friends with like not very much like it's amazing the talent we have in like the queer oh 100 percent. yeah yeah there's a lot of um clubs here that are like run by uh, pretty rich white queer people and a pretty like gatekeepy and just like any kind of um 
any kind of like diversity that they introduce in those clubs outside of like obviously just queer uh is is pretty tokenistic so having two two houses that are mostly like people of color um and like um different kind of like gender diverse drag artists not just drag queen like not just like um cis males that are drag queens you know um so it's like having two houses like that self-organize a show was really cool everyone go check them out show them some please do oh my god they've all got really fun instagrams as well so definitely check it out yeah i I mean cerulean and stone were both in the show and they were that's uh miss first nations and Mm -hmm. miss first nations runner-up so it's like you know they're nationally recognized talent at this point um yeah that was froth or not i think we'll wrap it up there Welcome back to Loud and Clear on Sin. Basically, today on the show, we just had our um, regular news whip. We had an amazing interview that Sammy did with Kabir. So if you didn't hear that, at if you're hearing this live and you want to hear it, definitely go check it out. Be sure to check out Enshrined Festival on Instagram. Um, if you want to talk, if you want to reach out to us about anything we talked about on the show, you can reach out to us on our socials on Instagram and Twitter at SinLoud. That's at S-Y-N Loud or Loud and Clear on Facebook. You can find our podcast if you want to listen to any of that again on anywhere you you stream your podcasts. So um, Omni, um, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, no, what's the other one? (laughs) Omni, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, Thanks so much for listening today. We had a great time. We hope you did too. And uh, if you want to listen to any of the music we play on the show, again, you can find our Spotify playlist, The Loud and Queer Mixtape 2021. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening to that and Queer on Sin. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.